Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another chapter of Far From Home. I'm your host and storyteller, Eric Taylor. We're going to jump right back in with the two of you walking away, um, but with the corporal removing the shade. And if you are not Lori, take your headphones off, and I'll give you the thumbs up when you come back in. Shade comes up, and the corporal is standing right there, not sitting at his desk like he has been. He's right at the plexiglass. Look, they're not going to let you out of here until you illustrate that you can answer to authority, number one. But number two... That you're not going to punch everybody who pisses you off. Because you're going to end up back in this brig every time. I get the fact that you're mad. I get the fact that you've had it rough. And that, I mean, let's face it. If my girlfriend had written on her application, no connections, no attachments that will justify mission cancellation, I'd be pissed. But you flubbed out a basic because you wouldn't just get a grip. You're not in charge all the time. If you were told to kill someone. Would you do it? There's a reason why I'm in the guard section. Mm-hmm. And whose fault would that be if you did? Who takes responsibility for that decision? The coalition does. That's why I'm angry. If I kill someone, it is me killing them. Not a group of people, not a coalition. If I do it, I did it. I'm not about to ag agree to having done something that I haven't done. But if I've done something, I will admit that I did it. I have the balls for that. Yeah. But you've also got the belligerence that's going to keep you behind bars. They will leave you in here. They won't kill you. But they will keep you. So what, how does one show... teamwork just avoid responsibility for my actions or what no because if you didn't do it you didn't do it and that's fine they're not here operating under a guilty until proven innocent but you are not giving them any reason to make investigating your plight right now a priority 
every person who has walked in this room, you've wanted to fight, including on some level your girlfriend. Because the minute she asked you a question, you got defensive. Maybe, just maybe, you should try not. Not everybody's out to get you. And basic, basic was literally to weed out people exactly like you. You're not the only one who scrubbed out. You did it fastest. But you're not the only one who did. I saw your reaction to the speech. And yeah, it was trumped up. But we've got a bunch of civilians who are fucking scared right now. They don't have clearance to see what's going on. Your cousin's group isn't just taking out coalition installations. They're killing people. People who support what we're doing. They bombed a rally. And we've got a bunch of civilians who are already doing the scariest thing they'll ever do. And you want to be mad that somebody's giving you orders. I got news for you. You're not the captain. You're not the commodore. You're not the governor. Unless you spend the rest of your life sitting in that cell, you're going to be taking orders. Look, I liked you in basic and I like the fact that you've got convictions. There's a difference between convictions and belligerence. And I don't know what's going to take to get you to see that. But right now, that is all the Commodore is seeing and it is all the governor is seeing. You start playing the meek little lamb and they'll think something fishy is going on. But if you quit trying to make a fight every time they talk to you, maybe they'll talk to you. Right now you're in a weird position. Because right now, you're not a citizen of this wing. You are literally an invader. And we don't know what to do with that. I know you don't believe this, but I'm on your side. Because I don't think you're a terrorist. I think you're a messed up girl who had a really, really, really shitty hand dealt to them. And whose girlfriend decided to bail. Let me ask you a question. Honestly. If she hadn't have left Earth, 
What's you? Or did you sign up because you knew you didn't have the technical skills to get on a ship unless you went through basic? How to stay at home. Yeah. Because let's face it, you don't care about what we're doing, do you? You care about you and you care about her. You know why the selection process was so incredibly rigorous? So the 960,000 people who were on ships this morning, we all really, really care about what we're doing. And I think that ripped you up inside. Because right now, Dr. Owens is dealing with being scared because of what you're accused of. But you saw very well when she said in her app, she cares more about what we're doing than she did about staying with you. Did she even ask you before she applied? No. I'm not here to break you up, but I'm here to make you look at this through a lens that's not red with rage and blue with being sad. Start seeing the world clearly instead of in purple. This is where you are, Vasquez. It's where you're gonna be. I don't have any further information to give. They keep coming in, asking me for things I don't know. Yeah. But when you get real confrontational about it, especially as something new comes up, I think they find it hard to believe you. There's a lot of weight on those two people's shoulders right now. And let's be totally fair, I would not be surprised if they're looking for someone to blame. And who's an easier target than the stowaway who doesn't belong here? Honestly, it feels like that has already... Become very clear. You know what else makes it hard? And I promise you, if you let this go anywhere, you will spend the rest of your life in the brig. And so will I. 
the three ships that broke up in orbit in atmosphere all had confirmed stowaways on board. So maybe next time the Commodore is in here, keep that in mind. There's a reason why everyone's suspicious of you. And it's not just because you're here. You've heard the rumors about that little village in the Badlands. The one that sprung up around 2005. Yeah. So here's something. These aren't rumors. There's a village down there that just keeps populating. And it's tearing Earth apart. Why don't they do something about it? any time they've tried anyone they've ever sent in never comes back so it's easier to just leave the planet unfortunately yeah why don't they tell people make it public knowledge the same reason that no one on this ship knows that the three ships in orbit blew up because of stowaway saboteurs the same reason that no one on this ship knows that most of the targets were civilian and not coalition military. Why civilians? Because the coalition only exists because we have the support of the people. Rally after rally. Goodbye party after goodbye party. People who were actively supporting us and what we're doing. They're helpless. 
Yeah. But here's the thing about you, Vasquez, and it's the only reason I'm willing to put my job and my freedom on the line by telling you any of this. As belligerent as you are, as much of an asshole as you are at your core, you've got some kind of fucked up code of honor. They don't. Men like your cousin, they don't care who they hurt to get their way. Why would he send me on a ship? Because by all reports, aren't you two the only family you've each got left? But why send me? Because he didn't want to kill you. Here's the thing about people with horrible, horrible lack of morals. Often, in my experience, they do care about someone or something. Surely that means the ship is safe. He didn't know what ship you were getting on. He just told you where the containers were. Nine different ships got supplied from that stockyard. Corporal. Yeah. How does one not act like an ass? I have no idea. Didn't think you did. My habit is just not punch everybody who pisses me off. That one takes some learning. Make you a deal, Vasquez. You mm-hmm. get yourself out of there. And you and I can set up a sparring bout once a week. And you can come and take out all of those asshole feelings. As long as I get to do the same right back. Gotta hit me to do that. 
You didn't ever get to face me in basic. You washed out too fast. <laughs> I'm on your side, Vasquez. But you need to be on your own side. And then with that, he kind of nods to you and he leans back. <sighs> Name's Murphy, by the way. Jaden Murphy. Jaden Murphy. I'll remember that. I mean, I imagine we're going to be spending a lot of time together. I work here eight hours a day, six days a week. Yeah, I'm almost glad that I washed out. Oh, I volunteered for this job. Oh, boy. I get to sit here? Let's face it, until you got here, I didn't think anybody was going to end up in jail. I pretty much am getting paid eight hours a day to watch television, and then you had to mess all that up. I made things interesting, come on. No. That show is interesting. You're annoying. That's why you need to spa. And he just grins at you and leans back in his chair and turns the TV back on. All right. Nyla and Coral, you guys are walking back to your house. Meanwhile, however... Charlie, you are in stabilization is where you've been sent. Uh, Captain Tibbet has just gotten off shift. You are coming in and you are essentially looking at, you know, it's a great place to continue to test your various theories, but also to be able to monitor when gravitational stresses begin to be a thing or not be a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything specific you're doing here in your block of engineering? And I check um, my duties, the things I'm supposed to get accomplished for my shift and get those done as mm-hmm. soon as I can. So Yeah, given that it's day one, super easy. Nothing's had a chance to break yet. Mm-hmm. Nothing is dirty or has wear and tear or needs any kind of maintenance you do a bunch of basic diagnostics and then you sort of are like oh man it's day one on a new thing I had to essentially sit around for the next seven and a half hours Mm -hmm. I'm going to um... see if anybody needs help Around engineering, unloading, sorting, whatever. Yeah. You definitely find some things that you can help do. You know, you guys are bringing, if you remember right, like a lot of the more supply type stuff, the long-term kind of stuff that was going to be needed wasn't stored on the ship before launch. It was kept in those safe cargo containers. And so there's quite Mm -hmm. a bit of that that goes on, is moving things into the correct place 
you know, collapsing. I would also probably imagine I'd become get familiar with where parts and tools are stored and make sure that they're properly stocked. So mm-hmm. when it comes time that I might need them, yeah. I try to have it memorized and know where to go and get things. Okay. So, so about five hours into your shift, you have managed all of these things. Everything's set up. You've got your station set up. You do some research. You learn where Coral's station will be. It's not on the same level as yours, but you're able to make sure that Coral station is stocked as a thing. Any other like close friends you have? Because Charlie strikes me as the kind of person who's like, I really cannot sit around mm-hmm. just because it's day one, right? Like you actively are doing something. But mm-hmm. I'm going to have spent a GM Benny to say that one of the things you did in that time period was you set up some kind of monitor program. You'd had Coral kind of write you one such that you could have this monitor program going to uh, (laughs) you will be able to monitor any kind of gravitational stresses, any kind of heavy changes. About five and a half, six hours into your shift, that program gives you an alert that gravitational shear is slowly but steadily increasing okay. in a way that based upon location it shouldn't be you know you're still within the tall yeah. inches yeah you're still within like I mean this could be anything this could be you know we've never really been this deep into space uh, um, but the other thing about it is, is you know that you're about an hour out at max based upon trajectory to arrive at the location of the wing that you were following in the flight path of. Because remember with seven wings, <coughs> sorry, seven wings, you were mostly going in separate directions but there were like you were essentially going in four separate directions and then mm-hmm. some of you were just heading deeper in the same direction as somebody else so you are following in that flight path and you know you're about an hour out from where any kind of information should be it's I'm gonna see if there's I'm gonna see if there's any chatter on engineering like hey guys no because it's all well within threshold okay nothing that would like and you're looking at it and it's so well within threshold that like it's not quite nominal but it's definitely not suboptimal so everybody would be like "Uh uh-huh so um Especially on day one, because there's like there are some amount of the people who are just celebrating yeah. being off. There's a lot of nervousness going on because of what's going on on Earth. Um, but as you're kind of wandering around checking those things, all four characters, wherever you are, you begin, you hear that kind of news alert sound. And you hear... The Commodore's voice. Crew of the Hajira, 
This is Commodore Salisbury. Please stand by for Admiral Davenport. And there's this delay, and then it pops over. And in that delay, you can see that there is a look of total panic on his face um, in that delay. And at this point, uh, the corporal has turned the screen such that if you stand in the right position, you can get like three quarters of the screen from your cell. Um, and he's like moved his chair over. So where he's sitting where you can both be watching, uh, and it moves over to Admiral Davenport. Uh, Governor Granger is not there. Governor, uh, Terzi is not there. Wasn't in the first shot. It was a military only coalition shot. And, he was in his office, and she is on the bridge of her vessel aboard the Exodus. And she has very puffy kind of red eyes on the camera. And she takes a very deep breath. following footage may be disturbing you have been warned and she turns and she nods off camera and there's a blip and at first you're not exactly sure what you're seeing it just looks like satellite imagery from earth poised over North America. But as you watch, you see that there's a time lapse. And as you kind of glance at chronometers near where you are, it takes place, this time lapse, over about the last 90 minutes of time. Because it's based on... The chronometers are on a ship's time, but you can do the math pretty easily as to what local time was. And as you're watching, you watch as North America starts to split apart. You start to see large chunks of it start to kind of crack and slide. And then suddenly fill in with blue. As the water of the ocean seems to surge in over the land space. There is another beep warning, which everyone knows is a, essentially a, it gets worse kind of warning to give anybody a chance to look away as it shifts to feeds of local cameras uploading satellite imagery as massive fissures start to break out down streets. And just monstrous waves sweep over, just crushing things before it all vanishes.
as you watch the time lapse, that all happens in the space of about 45 of those 90 minutes. The second half of those 90 minutes is watching Europe and Asia split separately from each other and drift away. Asia splintering into about six small subcontinents. And it comes back to the Admiral. We've lost communication with coalition headquarters. We don't know what's going on. But our directives remain clear. And after speaking with my fellow commanding officers of the other wings, and she doesn't add that we still have contact with, but the four of you knowing what you know are able to do that math in your head. We've reached a universal decision that especially in wake of this disaster, we carry on. I'm sorry. I know that most of us left someone behind or some ones. I'm sorry. And with that, the communication cuts off. And wherever you guys are, you just see the corporal kind of going. <clears throat> and just out in the street where Coral and Nyla are, the skybox has artificially shifted to evening, bright, starry sky above. And through your window, you can just hear people just kind of like outside crying and Charlie in engineering you just see several of your co-workers just either sink to the floor one just curls up in the corner and just kind of starts to rock back and forth And they go sit next to one. Okay. She kind of looks over at you. Look, I... I don't mean to be rude, but... Those, those cameras were... Those were in Seattle. I recognized some of those buildings. where my family lives or lived I don't really want to talk to anybody right now I understand 
We don't have to talk. And she just kind of, like, after a few minutes, just kind of leans her head on Charlie's shoulder and just starts to cry. Charlie'd probably be crying by now, too. In the break, mm-hmm. Lori turns to the colonel and says, Corporal. Corporal, even. Murphy? Yeah, Vasquez. What do they need? What do you mean? What can I do? There's no way that was your cousin. It's so, so whatever those things were that were living in Brazil. I know. But. He stopped more people from getting out. He stopped more civilians from escaping. And whether he's alive or not. What can I do? He had a safe house, right? We can't find an address. He had to have lived somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Do you I mean, know where it was? Stayed with my mom's for a long time. So. Where did she live? New York. It's not any of the places that my records show we checked. you give us that address, I get it to the Commodore. I don't know how much of North America is left. It may be a moot point. But it looked like it was mostly the West Coast. She gives him an address. He sends it off to the Coral Commodore. After a few minutes, the Commodore's face appears on the screen. We have very limited contact with anyone related to the Coalition. But based on what we know, New York still stands. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And he hangs up. And 
Murphy looks over. If I do that thing where the camera plays a loop again, do you want to come out here and watch some TV with a full view of the screen and get you a chair? You just can't punch me. That will be obvious. Promise me sparring. Yeah, but not now. Okay. Not now. And he pulls up another chair and sets it down. It's like, but you gotta real quick get back in there. If that front door opens. I'm super slick. Cool. And he lowers the thing and the two of you watch some largely really bad late 23rd century early 23rd century sitcom but it's definitely a lighter mood than anything going on in real life at the moment so meanwhile in shady oaks What are the two of you doing? Did Coral watch? Okay. I think this was one of those, the train wreck started so quickly that Mm -hmm. she wasn't able to look away and was stuck. Okay. Coral, are you okay? Maybe? I don't know. It all feels numb. Did you have family? Yeah. Our mom and dad were still there in North America. I mean, they figured the Earth was doomed. They didn't have any faith in the the Earth restoration projects. So they, they pushed us to get a good education... So if anyone was going to be sending anything out into space and then, and then when they announced they were taking volunteers, they pushed us towards, towards this. I'm sorry, Coral. Yeah. I mean, they thought, they thought the earth would, last long enough that I mean that they would be okay and I guess now I don't have to worry about them anymore right because they're gone and at this point Nyla starts feeling really sick to her stomach because she had just said to Lori not too long ago that earth was dying and it happened a lot quicker but she's also relieved that Lori's there. Coral, you wanna do you wanna go back to your place and sit down and I can have some tea made? Yeah. You know, they said they said we could grow a garden. We have a little spot 
You want you want to dig out the seeds and do some night planting? I'd love that. Maybe we could nip over to my place after and do the same. I need I need to do something. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yep, and you have gotten as you go to leave, you get a text message from Flint. That's essentially like coworker was too bereaved to come in, taking a second shift, stay with Nyla. And she'll text back, okay, planting our garden with Nyla now. <clears throat> and he sends back, don't forget the white sage and the basil. Thumbs up. Okay. So you guys go out and plant your garden. You and as sorry, as they're doing it, like Nyla's just talking nonstop about each of the plants, just like overloading Coral with as much info as she can just to talk yeah. and not think. And it definitely helps. It has that kind of ASMR ish effect of just someone talking to you to calm you down. Um you get a bunch of stuff planted. Do you have the ability to essentially manipulate your uh, personal skybox, kind of sunbox, in such a way that it doesn't have to be pitch black night planting if you don't want it to be? You can, in fact, raise the light to a point where it would make you feel good. But if planting in the dark is what is making you feel good, then that is an option. I was thinking bright moonlight. Yep, you are able, it's really crazy tech, because you're able just on your plot, you're able to just, you have like this bright beam of moonlight, and you kind of look down the street, and like, there seems to be some kind of strange optical effect, where even though you can tell they're essentially sunbathing, because clearly that's how they feel better, it's not making your whole like block bright, but like three houses down, you can see just like, the halo of a spotlight, but that's it. Um, and it's like, wow, this is crazy tech. And at the same time, Coral, you're like, yes, I helped come up with it. <laughs> and you're very pleased with yourself. And so when Nyla eventually runs out of plant talk, Coral can just jump into like how the skybox works talk, which just loses Nyla like immediately as a thing. <clears throat> um, Meanwhile, back in engineering, your alert goes off again. Give I'm me have to check. Give me a computer use roll. Seven. So because you're on duty and because you have clearance, you do have the ability to access very basic sensors. First thing you do is you check for ships. None of those ships are here. But neither is whatever that was as a thing. But the gravity well is still there. 
But you also pick up one small metallic object floating there. And as you look at your alert, you realize that the alert was... uh, Coral's program was set up to essentially alert you when the gravitational field went away Mm -hmm. um, or started to lower substantially. And it's like you're no longer experiencing those shears and stresses that you were before. Like now you're just flying in space. Hmm. But there is a small metallic object in the distance. Small enough that unless you're actively looking, nobody's necessarily going to catch. And then cost someone over to check my readings. Okay. The girl from Seattle kind of hauls herself up. I mean, it's it's composed of some kind of titanium. Like, it looks like it's... Tim! Come here! Another guy comes over. What? What is this? I mean, it's got the makeup of a log buoy. What? Yeah. What? Why would... would... Can we retrieve it? I mean, yeah, I think so. Um... But we probably better get this up to the bridge as a yep. thing. And then compile the readings and send them to the engineering officer on the bridge. Okay. A few minutes later, you get a call from Commodore Salisbury directly. Commodore. This Shot. is. He yes. you on the bridge. And he hangs up. On my way, sir. Okay. As you're on Ten your way up, you get an alert <laughs> on your phone. And it's from the deputy mayor. Pick up Miss Vasquez on the way. Yep. So I stop by the brig. Yep, yeah, you make your way to the brig. Nylon Coral. Headphones off, please. Charlie and Lori. Charlie enters the brig. You have enough time to scramble back into the brig. Uh, (laughs) Murphy, like, kicks the chair so it, like, slides into the desk. It's super smooth. The thing goes up and he's just sitting there. As you Corporal? come in the door. Uh, Chuck? Orders I need to take your guest with me to the bridge. And he like reaches up and you see that there's like an unread message because you were in the middle of like the finale part of an episode. And he opens it. He's like, 
Oh yeah. Um. Sure. It goes down. Come on, Lori. Miss. Uh, uh, yeah, let's go. Lori. Come on. Lori. And as you're walking past, Jaden puts his hand on your shoulder, Lori. Don't punch anyone. Am I allowed to punch him if they punch me first? Probably not. None of them are currently suspected terrorists. Mm-hmm. I'll do my best. Do better than that. And he sinks back into the chair. <clears throat> and like, as you walk out, I'm going to spend a GM Benny that Laurel turns like, don't you keep walking that without me. Because you have <laughs> become emotionally invested in whatever this really bad sitcom is in the past couple of hours. Uh-huh. And he just <sighs> sighs. Thank you for joining us for this chapter of Far From Home. Please consider checking out patreon.com slash respite as we are entirely fan supported. Now, on behalf of Chantel B., Sarah, Katie, and Jeff, I've been Eric Taylor. Good night, good luck, stay safe, stay healthy, love one another, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye, everyone. This game references the Savage Worlds game system available from Pinnacle Entertainment Group at www.peginc.com. It is unofficial media content permitted under the Media Network Content Agreement. This content is